Tonishte, Minister Putrik, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. First, if perhaps, even though it's a very warm afternoon, I might begin in our own ancient language. So, Ahonishte, Ara Putrik, Isse, Iana Ushla, Aguni Korafat, Mila Buikasasak, Virkin Forja, Dara Shivrum, Hain, Srevmavan, Kela, Saivin, Isid, Sanatoi, Tiashtalam, Erun Kurt, Stoit, Shata, Public Nick Vedra, Public Nagarmoine. Oh, has Aram Vencha, Frankfurt of Main, Agas Tolon, Le Fleagan, Ake, Niquinoi, Mero, Adashiv, Tosulon. I may just say, continuing in uh, the, the other language, English. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, may I also say that. I was saying with, with real commitment as a lover of that language too, the English language, when I said earlier this week that we have to take additional responsibilities now uh, for the language of Chaucer and Shakespeare. Uh, and uh, uh, But when we do so, I think with the generosity of uh, people who have earned four Nobel Prizes in that, in that, the adaptations and the uses that we made of that language. It has been all, it is part of our soul too in Ireland. And I do also want to say that, Minister Putra, thank you, may I again say, for the support you have indicated uh, for Ireland in these times in which we find ourselves. Of course, the people of the United Kingdom are entitled to make up their decision, but it would be disingenuous of many of us if we didn't say that we regret that they are leaving the family of the European Union. And let us all hope that however it all falls out, that it will be done, we will still be living near each other, we will still deal with each other, and it will have to be done with the generosity of spirit and respect. I think that's very, very important. I'm very pleased to be in the city of Frankfurt. I'm very, very interested here to be uh, in the city of Johann Wolfgang van Goethe. Uh, it is a great, great privilege. Now, Frankfurt has been referred to very, very often as, uh, of course, it is now uh, the home of the, the European Central Bank, and uh, it is the most important financial centre in Europe. But I do want to say that long before that, Frankfurt was very, very important. It was important for I was introduced as an academic. I could not have taught my subject in political science and theory and sociology without the great contribution of the Frankfurt School. It has been one of the greatest intellectual contributions. And I think I'm very much pleased to say that it, well, I send it indirectly to him. I, jo I join very much with President Steinmeier in congratulating Jürgen Habermas on his 90th birthday. And I hear the latest is that he has now produced a new 1,700-word book. So may we all be able to write at that link when we are not. <laughs> I do think uh, as well that the contribution of Frankfurt at that time was quite extraordinary through the Institute for Social Research at Goethe University. In all its periods, it made an enormous contribution to the intellectual discourse and critical theory indicating alternative paths to realising the social development of a society and a nation. 
It had taken up the, and rejected Marxism, but it had taken on all the new subjects, including psychoanalysis and all of those. And it had sought to create a new way in which you would be able, as it were, to take uh, the concerns that it had been in the root of, the, of economic matters and combine them at the same time with a form of capital and investment that would restrain you from the excesses of capitalism. And it was an extraordinary achievement in its day. It's appropriate that I mention it this evening as the European Union moves into an entirely new phase where it will be balancing new relationships, as I have been speaking in Leipzig, between ecology, economics, and ethics. Because that was the concern of the Frankfurt School. And I think as well, in many cases, I don't intend to repeat the very long lecture I gave in Leipzig. <laughs> you, you will be able to find it on my, you'll find it on my website. <laughs> but I think that one of the things that it was drawing on at the time, and I think of those names like uh, Theodore Adorno, Max Horkheimer, Marcuse, Herbert Marcuse, and then, of course, and at times, Hannah Arendt and so on. But I think Jürgen Habermas, to whom I paid tribute, was, a, of course, an, a research assistant to Max Horkheimer. And in a way, what he did was even something better again. You could be pessimistic coming out of Adorno's analysis particularly, but what Habermas did, he broke away and he suggested how you can, beyond any pessimism, create conditions for hope. And all I will say about it is that he has made an extraordinary contribution, telling us, and I've been in three landers outside of Berlin, how you can in fact actually respect the uniqueness and specialisms of place and do things that are close to you, but do even better things when you transcend boundaries. And that is what he has been suggesting. All of what we can do together and beyond borders is something, in fact, that doesn't threaten for an instant that which we hold most valuable. And that message is a very, very important one at the, at the time. I think as well, too, there are other great contributions to economics. I think, for example, uh, the reform suggested by Chancellor Conrad Adenauer in 1949, when I think back to the great contribution of what I would call the Freeburg School of Economic Thought. I say that because what they had at their heart was the provision of equal opportunity, the protection of those unable to enter the labour force because of any disability such as age or unemployment. And therefore they offered us a blueprint in their day of an extraordinary balance between the importance of the market and society. And therefore I think it's very appropriate this evening that I'm here again in, uh, in Frankfurt. Where, and I want to congratulate uh, the distinguished uh, economist and academic Philip Lane, who will be taking up his position as chief economist and to wish of the European Central Bank. I should say to you that another reason why, in fact, all of this intense activity is taking place, I think, as best be frank, we're anxious to extend and deepen our bonds of friendship with uh, the German people. 
And that was realized by the men, the representative of the Irish government who has been accompanying me on the state visit, the Thornish, the Deputy Prime Minister, Minister of Foreign Affairs and Trade, Simon Coveney, to whom I'm very grateful, because it was he who commissioned the special study on how, in fact, it was both necessary and urgent for Ireland to deepen its connection with the German people and the German economy, and I thank him for that. Now, I'm not going to say too much more except to say from all of those Irish people who are gathered here, and even more, the people who are interested in Ireland, and the people who have been friends of the people, of the friends of the Irish, that it gives great pleasure when we are travelling abroad, Sabine and I, to have an opportunity of meeting you all, and uh, thanking you for what, how you represent Ireland. Ireland has always been a country that has had migration at its core. I sometimes found it, I found it very interesting to see the reaction when I say to people that in the 1901 census, of all those born on the island of Ireland, the entire island, more were living outside of the island of Ireland than on the island of Ireland. Migration has been a part of our identity and it has taken several forms from times when it was involuntary and we were fleeing from distress. But now also those of you who here have been in Berlin and seen those magnificent young Irish people in all the genres who are contributing particularly in the cultural area, and yourselves, the business people I've met already during these last three days, and the bright people who take the risks that are inevitable in business and who have established a reputation for integrity and trust with their German partners. And I'm proud of you as, as, as President of Ireland for what you are contributing to this modern version of Ireland. So if our member numbers are small in Germany, 14,000 or whatever, and that's another one of them ringing now. I should say to you, you have made a very, very significant contribution. I also want to say, uh, uh, as well, that we have had, uh, as, <coughs> as I have uh, made my way through these three states, you continually, whether it was where St. Killian, where I've just come from, or whatever, back at the end of the 8th century, but the strong scholarship that are there. And my hope as president is, is that we will deepen all these, not just interstate relationships and intereconomic relationships, but with all of the institutions in Ireland, institutions of learning. The first president of Ireland who spoke five languages, including both German and Hebrew, French, Italian, and English, and who was married, of course, to a person from Germany. He, in fact, actually found his greatest ally in saving the Irish language in people like Kuna Meyer and others. And therefore, he didn't make any irate uh, response to Professor Atkinson and Professor Mahaffey when they wanted it excluded from the curriculum at Trinity College. Rather, he said, he, said uh, he assembled eight philologists who would, in fact, make the case of the importance of this 5,000-year-old language. And five of them were German. And this is the interesting side of it as well. We have that very old, valuable scholarly relationship. 
And as I have said, as I came through the balance of economy and political science and theory, no one could teach that subject seriously without recognizing the contribution of the Frankfurt School. So I think as well, when John Lynham, and I so wish him well, establishes the, the, the consulate here, the, I want to wish our consul general designate John Lynham every success in, and all his team in what he will be doing. And I want again to thank you. I have thanked you, Minister Putrick, for your remarks, but I also want to thank you institutionally for the welcome that you have indicated for this initiative. I think it's a very, very important statement, and we will be doing other things too, because what is clear now is that if you take the great uh, aspirations that have been expressed in often difficult times, or the hearts of the world lifted in 2015 with the agreement on climate change in Paris and on sustainability in New York. And I think the young of the world and the old of the world, people of all ages, will be looking to the European Union to be giving a lead together in responding to such challenges. But if we are to do so, and if we are to have authenticity, so that people look at their politics and say, this is debating the issues that are important to us, we will be doing it with the European Union, an exemplary union in relation to the forms of work, into its ability to listen to, it, to its people, in relation to its care for the environment, respect for law, the way we can go with confidence together to the United Nations and support the multilateral institutions. That is why I think it would be very f foolish to say that in Frankfurt or in any of the great cities of Europe, there is any such thing as a single economic existence. It includes all these other things as well. And the contributions that we will be made here in Frankfurt will be an important buttress to that. I do think as well that it's very, very important now that we be able to speak about all of this um, with, 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 as I have said earlier, with generosity. I do know in the end of the day, you have to be practical as well. And I think I read somewhere a very, one of the new Irish businessmen who said, when you're extending your network in Germany, he said you have to as well go to the lander where you're hoping to make your new games. So it's important for us in Ireland to recognize the complexity um, that is there in, um, in this population of 80 million people. And I'm delighted that so many, the second, that the, in terms of foreign rate investment, our second in Ireland is in, fact, is, is in fact the Federal Republic of Germany. But to those Irish companies, I wish you well, to those German companies and their partnership with them, to those of you who come to Ireland. And you know those 850,000, Niall Kippen said, he didn't say that they come also most valuably off season. And they stay longer and they spend more. And, and, <laughs> And it isn't the most threatened species of fish that they're, they're interested in coarse fishing in the lakelands. And they are, in fact, uh, so, so, so welcome. And I want to wish Nard uh, Gibbons and Tourism Ireland every success. There is a great, we in Ireland have a great opportunity too, as a, a country that has received so many visitors, to always define our tourism in relation to the moral relationship between the visitor and the visited. And to do so now in a new way in which we will be promoting green tourism.
In fact, those from, the, from Germany who come are the people you will meet in the wild Atlantic way, and they will be doing the active things, and they will, have no, they will not have to be convinced to be respectful to nature. So they come to our landscapes and our, they hear our tradition. I think as somebody, both Sabine and I, are familiar with many of the folk groups, in fact, people would often come to Germany because they got bigger audiences in Germany than they got at home. And they launched their folk music careers. And then they came back home and they would say to you, we're huge in Germany. <laughs> and, and I think that was it was. But it still happens today. We had an extraordinary demonstration last night of contemporary Irish music. For there is a long old note that is there, as we heard in the last piece last night in Port Nabuki, but also there is a new contemporary energy. And in that, I think it's very important that Galway 2020 are here with us. And I so wish them well, as a former mayor of Galway City on two occasions in 81 and 91, but much, much more important to me for being involved for a long, long time with the culture and community that was there in Galway and Mayo. It is the time for us all to get behind them and to share the brilliance that uh, will happen during those events. And I hope that, uh, I know it will be, they, they actually have make great choices. I know that Galway has uh, welcomed many, many people of international, uh, really brilliance in relation to culture and music and theatre and the arts. And it's fascinating as well in many cases that we were mentioned where Heinrich Bull was mentioned earlier. People should never forget that it was Heinrich Bull who translated John Millington's Sing. And I think what is very, very good is that they will be doing it for Galway people and you will be getting something not taken from abroad inauthentically. You will be getting something like what we experienced last night, an incredible coming together of different contemporary expressions from both at home and abroad. I do want to say that before I finish, and this is the mention has been already of, the, of, of, of Ambassador Collins. Ambassador Collins is probably, maybe he is, the longest serving member of the Irish diplomatic service in the history of the state, having served 46 and a half years in the, looking after our foreign affairs. 50 years. <laughs> That is to say, a half a century in public service in Ireland, working for the interests of the public at home and abroad, and to bring the efficacy and charm and intellect that he has brought to it. All I wish him and Mary is that in these years which will now become their own, may they be filled with good health and happiness, and may he come to enjoy all the space that he has more than well earned, and for all he has done for Ireland, Mila Buikas. And to all of you this evening, thank you, Mila Buikas, Fasfa Thank you all for being here. <laughs>